If you would, please turn in your Bibles to James. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James 1, 2 through 4. As we continue this series that I've been preaching on, Lessons in the Pain. Lessons in the Pain. Remember that old phrase when your parents would discipline you and they would always say, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And there was lessons in that pain. Who likes to be disciplined? Who likes to be spanked or whipped or whatever? And uh, we don't like that, but we realize that what you did, you will never do again. So there's always a lesson that we learn as we go through our pain. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And I love it says, no one can take my joy away, Lord, I believe in you. Verse 2 of James chapter 1 says this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials or diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Wait a minute. Count it all joy when I experience various trials. Count it all joy when temptation comes my way. Count it all joy when I have to face my hurt, when I have to face my hang-up, when I have to face the habits. Do you understand that I'm supposed to rejoice through my trials? But love what it has to say here in verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work that you might be perfect and entire. That means that you might be complete. And the word wanting nothing means lacking nothing. Wow. There's purpose in your pain. God allows the pain, but he doesn't say, let me give them some pain to make their life miserable. Let me hit her with sickness. Let me cause him some heartache. He uses it for a purpose. And we're not always going to understand it. Why did I get sick? Why did my loved one not make it? Why did my marriage just not work out. Cannot answer the whys, but I can tell you if God allowed it, He knows how to bring good out of it. And you see, this is what faith is all about. I often thought in my life, I never liked a spanking, and today people have abused corporal punishment. They don't do it in schools anymore. Maybe they need to get back to it. We'd probably have a little bit more respect in our society. Amen. I didn't say abuse. But it didn't hurt me. I'll never forget that one time. I was in the lunchroom, and Mr. Hyatt was, you know, he was the lunchroom monitor. And I remember Dan was across the, the table from me. He flicked that piece of potato chip over to me, and I flicked that piece of potato chip back. And next thing I knew, why was that guy like? He was like a ninja or something, or some Navy SEAL or something. They just, like, pop up in the middle of the table, and you, like, scream like a girl. Like, where would you come from? Get to my office. Well, never I'll never forget this as long as I live because I never had a paddling before in school. And so I remember there was 
Dan and myself, and we were sitting out there, and he's like, you know the rule? Who you always love? You, you know, all of a sudden you become a man at 11 because they use your last name. You know the rule, Tackett. You know the rule, Daryl. I'm looking at him. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to be good. So I look at Dan. I go, have you been in here before? He's like, I've been in here before a few times. I go, so you set me up, didn't you? You set me up. You flicked that potato chip, and I flicked it back. And he said, "We're, I'm going to get a paddling over this. He goes, yep. I, I said, how does that feel? As I'm, he's like, it really hurts. I go, well, tell me, like, help me out here with this. He's like, well, here's how it works. The first one, don't squeeze your buttocks together. And I said, okay. He goes, let it sting. It, your bum will become numb. I sound like I'm from England. Your bum will become numb. And, uh, and he didn't say that. Your butt will become numb. And the second one, it'll be okay. You won't even feel it. Opens the door. There he stood, nine foot nine tall. Really wasn't. I think he was like 5'10", maybe, but he sure looked nine foot nine. Tack it in my office. Oh, man, you got to be kidding me. And I thought at the point, I'm going to call my dad. He's going to come in here, and he's going to throw down his authority. And, But, you know, I've never had a paddling before. This is going to be interesting. I can't go back to that lunchroom. Oh, look at Tackett. He's a sissy. He didn't get a paddling. He had to call his parents to, you know, help him out. So I just said, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to endure this pain, and I'm going to learn the lesson. Hands on the chairs. By, by the way, what happened to those chairs with the hand? You know, you sit down in the chair, and it has armrests. Hands on the chairs, and bam, smack number one. I did exactly what Dan said. My body went flying. I slammed up against Oh, I didn't. I just added that in there. I was just for entertainment. But he paddled me the first time, and I'm like, I looked at him like, is there going to be another one? He goes, yes, be quiet. That second one came. I'm like, give me three, four, five, six. I don't even feel it from the first one. I'm serious. You just don't. You're all looking at me like you never got a paddling in school. Okay, not at school, okay, at home. And uh, right so, so I realized right then that there was a lesson that I learned through my pain. Never flick a potato chip. Don't throw broccoli. Don't slap somebody in the forehead with your hamburger ever again. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to end up going to Mr. Hyatt's office, and he's going to paddle your bum until it's numb. That's what I should have titled this message. Lessons in the pain of my bum. Because it becomes numb. Okay. But in reality, what the scripture is actually saying here is that even though situations will take place. And there's a lot for us to learn. That if God allotted in your life, don't look at it as a curse. Look at it as a blessing. You know, I know it's very difficult in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your tribulations to think, how can God really be for this? I mean, you know, and, and I realize in, in my own journey as a Christian, some of the hardships that I've had to face in the 47 years of my life, and even being an adult for the last 
30 years, I've realized that sometimes my pain has taught me some of the greatest life lessons that, that I've ever learned. And oftentimes, in the midst of that pain, in order for me to become better, I have to acknowledge that I have a problem. It's through that problem that I become a better man of God. And I hope you could say that this morning that maybe through your pain and the lessons you've had to learn through some of the trials and tribulations that you're going through, that you too will say, I have learned some of those hard lessons. I know that we just played this game and we go back and forth and my wife and I always make a joke about who's smarter and who does this and who does that and we, we have fun about it. But I hope that through our life and through our discussions and through our disagreements and through some of our trials and tribulations that we can be just like the scripture says is the very end that our relationship will become somewhat perfected. I say somewhat because I realize that in my insignificance, he becomes significant. And that in my inadequacies, he becomes adequate. He becomes enough for me. I like what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing. It's nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. It also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. Let's just go ahead and read that. Let's just turn there together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I can act like I'm a scholar. 2 Corinthians. Which <laughs> always love. I love when I listen to radio broadcasters. That will be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. 2 Corinthians. Okay. I knew when I was raised, it was like first and second. So here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 18. It talks here about living by faith. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I hope this brings comfort to you. I love verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
love that brings comfort to you. I love even in verse 17. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them that will last forever. When you realize that your pain and suffering has a message that will last for eternity, then your suffering and your pain changes. Faith and trust play a major role in your Christian walk. You say to yourself, God, I don't like this pain and darkness, but I trust you. I believe you're in control. And Lord, I realize I'm not just going to go through it. I'm going to grow through it. I'm going to keep a good attitude. I'm going to count it all joy, knowing that this pain is going to lead to my good. I didn't think that when I got a paddling, oh, all this pain is going to lead to my gain. But I realized that God disciplines us and the lessons of our pain help us and hold us because he loves us. And we start to live a life, if there's no boundaries, wild. Because it says, as we've come into this world, we've come in as sinners. I'm not just going to go through it. I'm going to grow through it. The ministry for me has been a journey. Because what I've been going through, I'm now learning that I'm growing through it. And in your workplace and in your relationship, you don't have to just give up. Get through it so you can grow through it. Statistically, divorce is on the rise. Because we haven't done something that's so significant in our Christian lives. We have not grown through it. We've just gone through it. So this morning, I want you to stop. And I want you to say, Lord, I know where I've been, but I know where I'm going. And today, I want to learn a, a, a valuable lesson in my Christian life. Putting aside all my pain, but understanding the consequences of my pain help me in my dark moments to realize what you took me through now that I'm walking in the light as he is in the light. So that, Father, we can have fellowship one with another. Let's pray. Father, bless this morning's message. Bless the next few minutes together as we dive into your word, but yet your word becomes real to us as we learn to not lose hope through our pain and through our suffering. Lord, we love you. Father, hide me behind the cross this morning. Speak to your children this morning. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Point number one, don't waste your pain. Don't waste your pain. Well, I've now realized that today I was able to share a wonderful story of my childhood of being paddled. I didn't understand why I was going through that. But now I understand why I had to share a story and an illustration for the congregation today. I guess. No, I really learned that through that, I had to change. I had to take responsibility for my actions. But I realized that sometimes 
we bring pain on ourselves. We make poor choices. Get into a relationship that we knew would not be good or get in over our head in debt, spending, and there's the pain. And then we deal with the consequences. I say that because I did that in my own life. I'm guilty of it. But I have to take responsibility and say, uh-uh, not again. God, you did this to yourself. Nobody else, don't blame anybody else. Blame yourself. But one thing I realized that even through all that I've gone through, God is full of mercy. And he will give us the grace to get through whatever situation we have to plow through. But in order not to waste the pain, you have to learn the lesson. Be big enough to say, here's where I missed it. I ignored the warnings and I got involved with the wrong people. I got out of God's timing, out of his will, out of his plans for me. But one thing that I've learned, I'm not going to do it again. Many times we do just that. You see, there's a lesson in that pain. Don't be hard-headed and keep going through the same pain again and again and again. Learn to grow through it. We talk about how important it is to let go of the past and let go of the divorce or the failure or the bad break in your life. And that's all well and good. But before you let go of the negative event, you need to remember the lesson that you learned from the experience. I want you to turn in your Bible, if you would, please, to John chapter 8. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. I was going to tell you this story this morning, but I want to read it for you because I believe that there is truth in this passage that I really believe would help each and every one of us. John chapter 8, verse 3, where Jesus is talking to the adulterous woman and he's speaking on forgiveness and he's speaking on pain. Watch what he says. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now vote Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you think about it? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. And with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast the stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are, where are those thine accusers? What happened to those men? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I wanted to point something out to you. 
as we went down through here, it says that Jesus stooped down. But here's what I want you to know in verse 9. And the Lord revealed this to me this morning. And the woman standing in the midst. Hold on just a minute. We always talk about this story in light of pain. But here's what people always do. Be very careful to judge, because when you judge, it's just like the story of the adulterous woman. Remember, when you point, there's three fingers pointing back, and Jesus wrote in the sand. You don't know what Jesus wrote in the sand. We don't need to know what Jesus wrote in the sand. But watch the picture. I'm going to bring it to life. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. And all of a sudden, as he's teaching to, as it says, to the Jewish people who came. It says the scribes and Pharisees. Those that wanted to practice the law. And see what they were trying to do was they were trying to trip Jesus up. They were trying to prove to Jesus. What are you doing teaching in the synagogue? And what are you going to do with her in front of all these people that you teach? God is love. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. And here's exactly how the story unfolded. It says in the scripture that the adulterous woman was found in the act. What happens in the midst of our pain? Oftentimes, there becomes shame. See, I always pictured the adulterous woman standing there as they had her arm in arm. Now we're going to put it into perspective. Here she was, uncovered, in her shame, in her humility, in her pain, and in her suffering. You see, she has a story. We don't even know what that story was, what even brought her to this place. But see, the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, they were always there to point out Jesus' flaws, just like we are to other Christians, and just like the world is to all of us Christians. And it says right in the midst of that, that it says that Jesus stooped down and he started to write the names of those men in the sand. And when he looked up, here's what I found interesting. It says in there that the eldest left first. Why did the older leave first? Because they had lived a longer life. They had done more things. And I truly believe that as they reflected back on their life of pain and suffering, they just quietly dismissed themselves and got in behind everybody else. And then it says that after that, the rest of the people dismissed themselves and left. Who was standing there? And he told the adulterous woman, go and sin no more. Don't worry about it. You don't have to look at your level of shame, your pain. Go and be free. And if this lady were to write a story today, she could probably say, this is what I did in my city to help other people. Because it's because of Jesus Christ, the one that is the way, the truth, and the life, that gave her the hope of eternity, the, the message of salvation, that she was able to be free from the sin that she participated in. So we learn 
that during this lesson of pain, that even in our pain and in our suffering, that God is always there to forgive us. You're doing yourself a disservice if you go through a painful time and don't come out with what you were supposed to gain, what you were to learn, and how you were to grow. And I look at this story, and it just like came like a a bright light to me. And I got up this morning and looked at the text again, and I said, but God, the whole premise of this message is about the adulterous woman. Why do you keep reminding me that? Because I keep thinking that in the midst of each one of our pain, there comes a level of humility, but yet shame. And there are the scriptures, as God put in big, bold letters, she was standing as everybody was looking at her. Just like our life. Here Jesus Christ was on the cross, and everybody was looking at him. What a, looking at him, what a correlation between the two. And at that same time, God the Father in his mercy reached down and released his son Jesus Christ. So that you and I too could also be free. There is a lesson in the pain. And just like her, don't keep making those same mistakes listen to the stories we consider the guy who was driving his car he had an accident and got upset you guys wouldn't know anyone like that would you he went over to the other driver and said listen lady why don't you watch where you're going you're the third person who has run into me today watch closely he's going to keep experiencing the pain until he gets big enough To look inside and say, you know what I have. I have a huge, huge problem. I have a big problem I'm dealing with. I have to learn how to drive. Just like the adulterous woman, she could have walked away. Man, I get so upset every time, and I see it. I've watched accidents happen. The guy opens up the car door. He walks over and starts screaming at the person. I'm thinking, you're the one that caused the accident. Why are you so mad over? Take responsibility for your actions are you struggling with relationships that don't last perhaps because you keep saying everything you feel like saying the pain will not stop if and when you learn the lesson and zip it up that's the lesson my wife says this all the time you have two ears to hear and one mouth to speak try to listen before you speak The man at that accident, he needed to learn a lesson and take responsibility for his actions. Close the flap on the trap. I've got all kinds of poetry today. All right, point number two. The beginning of something new. The beginning of something new. 2 Corinthians. We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Where has the time gone this morning? Unbelievable. Is it okay if I keep going for the next few minutes? Okay. 
Second uh, Corinthians chapter one, verses three through five. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in ways in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted. It is for your consolation and salvation. I, I was thinking about this message. And I want to bring to light this text where it says, take some comfort because you trust in him. Yesterday, we were down at Belton Village Mall. Not because I like to shop, but because I was taking my lovely wife on a romantic date. And uh, as we were there, we, we embarked upon the center of the mall. And at the center of the mall, there stood a couple, like, posters. And it says, what is your story? What is your story? And I started thinking about this, and, and I thought I would just share this story with you this morning. So I walked up to it, and I, I took a picture, and uh, go ahead. Here's, here's what we saw, and I want you guys to kind of see this and look at it with me. I took these pictures yesterday because I wanted you to see what these are, and go to the next one, please. What these are, these are stories from individuals around the world. And in the, in the middle of this, there's a place where you can also walk up and give your story. So what is a story? A story is a story that helps people to be encouraged in their walk. And I want to read this with you today. It's called Being in a Wheelchair. I was born with issues with my spine, which left me in a chair at a young age. Growing up was very hard. And being teased, being depressed, not knowing what my future held. To keep myself active, I started playing basketball and fell in love with the sport. Before I knew it, I was selected to play wheelchair basketball for Australia. At the same time, I started hanging out with a guy from work. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to fast forward four years. Him and I are right now in New York celebrating our one-year wedding anniversary. We've been trying for a baby since getting married a year ago. We even seen an in vitro doctor who told me it was impossible for me to have a child. Absolutely broken by this news. Less than a week ago, we got a call from my husband's cousin who had found out she was pregnant again and wanted us to have the baby. She already had two babies under the age of two. So now our baby boy is due in five weeks, October 3rd. Life can be horrible, but keep going and your dreams can come true as all of mine have. That was an encouragement for me. So as I stood there, I'm like, oh, I've got to take a picture of that. Little did she realize that out of all of those, I was drawn to the title being in a wheelchair. You see, she took her situation and her circumstance 
And she started believing for something new, that something was going to birth in her life. And so here was a young lady who couldn't walk, who thought, I will never get married. I will never have children. And yet God is using someone else to provide a child for this special couple. I love how she finished this story. My own little fairy tale from Australia. Isn't that awesome? There are times when God will allow us to go through a painful season so he can give birth to something new on the inside. As we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, if you go through something you don't understand, instead of getting upset and asking God, why me? Have a new perspective. God allowed it to happen because he trusts you. He knows he can count on you and take the same comfort the same healing, the same encouragement that helped you to overcome this trouble, and then you stop and share your story with others. And that's exactly what the lady did from Australia. She shared her story. Maybe this morning you're going through something you just don't understand. Sickness, abuse, fertility, raising a difficult child. I know it's painful and life hasn't turned out the way you had hoped. And it's very, very easy to have a victim mentality and think, if God is good, why did this happen to me? Why did those kids, why did those parents, my friends, people mistreat me growing up? Why have I had to experience this pain and this bad break of my life? You know why? It's because God knows he can trust you with it. You see, the forces of darkness wanted to take you out. But God had his hand on it. And God said, not so fast. That's my son. That's my daughter. I have an assignment for them, plans for them, to prosper them, to give them a future, to give them a hope. God told Satan, you can test my servant Job, but you can't take his life. He's not going to quit serving me. I know Job. Here's a great thought. God is saying this about you. Listen, my child, I know it's difficult, but I know what you're made of. I understand it might be painful, and it's not fair. But in the end, I'm not only going to bring you out stronger, with increase, and even better, but I'm going to use you to help others that are struggling in that same area. You see, there is purpose in your pain. Don't just go through it, grow through it. And my last thought, turn the pain around and make it good. Turn the pain around and make it good. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20 says, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Young Joseph was a man who had developed a godly mindset that carried him through the many trials in his life. We realized that he was badly mistreated. By his own family. And we understood that what he was going through. He was even imprisoned in a dungeon. For years. Separated from his father. Separated from his family. And yet. He realized that in the midst of his pain. And in his suffering. He could say. You meant it for evil. But I know my God. Meant it for good. 
He knew that even though his brothers hated him and they mistreated him and they were trying to get rid of him, behind him it was God who was at work sending Joseph to Egypt for God's sovereign purposes. Joseph's trust in the sovereign goodness of God carried him through these these terrible trials with a joyful spirit, free from bitterness and complaining. The same mindset will help us bear up under trials. And so I say this as I close and as we finish this morning's message. When you think that your story was of no use, when you think that in your life, What you've gone through, your pain and your suffering, meant nothing. God wants you to use your story to bring freedom and victory for somebody else. And that will never start until you begin to dream. Until you begin to say, God, I know that you need to rebirth with inside of me something that's going to create a stir and an excitement to help other people be freed from maybe going, I can't have children, but adoption is made available. I can't get through helping my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife with addictions, but I know, God, that with the right group, the right support group, that God, you'll help me through it. In 1980s, Candy Lightner, maybe some of you know the name, received a phone call telling her that her 13-year-old daughter, Carrie, had been struck by a car while walking to church. Carrie had lost her life that day. See, this mother was devastated, didn't think she could go on. But then she found out that the man driving the car had been under the influence of alcohol. And it wasn't just that, but that he was a repeat offender. Something rose up in Candy that she had never felt ever before. It was a mother's rage. And yet, in the midst of all that, in her late daughter's bedroom, she started an organization with no money, with no influence, and with no experience. And she called it Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Man. 38 years later, it is one of the country's largest activist organizations. It has saved thousands of lives and has brought awareness to many because a mother got mad. And she took her pain and the lessons of her pain, she turned it around and said, now I'm going to save others and help others. Through their times of trials and tribulations. Candy understood the principle of pain. She didn't waste her pain. Nor efforts didn't bring her daughter back. But she knew there was a purpose in that pain. See, the enemy meant her experience for harm. But God used it for good. And there are times when God will allow all of us to go through a difficult time. So later on, we can be instrumental in helping other people overcome. So I ask you, church, can God trust you with pain?
can God trust you to be uncomfortable? Or will you get discouraged and say, I don't understand. Why is this even happening to me? I say this respectfully. It's not about you. None of this is about you. What if God has allowed this difficulty so years down the road you can help somebody else move forward? Can he trust you? Do you have a story? Do you have a God story? This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. What's your story? And when was the last time you shared that story with somebody else? In the next couple weeks, what we're going to do is I'm going to be passing out a form that will say, this is my story and this is my song. And I'm praising my Savior all the day long. And we're going to do just what I saw at the mall. And I'm going to put them in the sanctuary. And I'm going to ask God that in the midst of your story, in the midst of your pain, that God will use your story to help someone else out. And maybe that Easter Sunday morning, when we're able to give our stories and share them and clip them up here on this platform, that this place will be full of stories. Each one of you have a story, because I do, that you'll be able to say that this was my story and this was my song. And I'm going to praise my Savior all the day long. Jeremiah 29, 11 is used and spoken about as many times as John 3, 16. And he says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a purpose for your life. Don't just go through it. Grow through it. If you'll do this, your pain is going to be turned into your gain. You're going to come out stronger. You're going to come out with promotion and with increase. I'm going to leave you with this letter that I also saw up there. It's from a young man from Africa. He says, I feel like I'm dreaming every day. I am living my dream. The dream that was a laughing stock to many others. I became a doctor. The first medical doctor of Wanyaswa community South Africa. They called me crazy for thinking and dreaming of becoming a doctor. So my message to every poor child out there, you can do it. You can do it. Nothing is impossible. Ignore the negative. Focus on the strength from within. From Wanyaswa, Africa, to New York. And he finished it with, yes. He fulfilled his dream. And he learned that during his pain and his suffering, 
became something positive for us. The first medical doctor of that area. With God, all things are possible. Let's all stand as we go into the altar call this morning. Maybe you have given up and said, Lord, I don't know the plans that you have for me. I've lost hope. I feel like in my life I've lost so much of who I am and what I am. But God, take my story. Help me to help others through my own pain and through my own suffering. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and we thank you that, Lord, even in our own lives, Lord, you've allowed us to journey through some awesome experiences. Lord, and some of them haven't even been good. But God, I pray that in the midst of all that, that Lord, you'll comfort us as your word says. And you'll give us strength. So today, Father God, we give you our heart, our life, our time, our talent, our tithe. Lord, we lay it at the sacrifice of praise for you. And Lord, this morning as we come forward, Lord, may each and every one of us realize that what we've gone through, we can grow through. Or let us look back on it as not being a curse, but as a blessing. So God, give us strength as we all.